Can I just say, as a general rule, I hate updates? <laughs> okay, you, you can say that. I'm not. I'm not in a position to stop you. I think that updates suck. I have never, never had a program that that demanded I update it, and then after I update it, I'm like, wow, I'm really glad I did that. I feel I feel a lot better with this new user interface. And you know, they moved these uh, these two buttons around that I use a lot, and so it really helps my computing rhythm. Uh, now that I have to go to the old place where the buttons were and then go to the new place where the buttons aren't. And another thing I love is like when I'm trying to do something, especially when I'm in a hurry and, and it just won't let me perform the functions that I'm trying to perform because it's trying to tell me I have to update. See, now that's a rookie mistake. You should never try to try to do anything time sensitive with the computer. Ugh. I know they're I know they're supposed to make our lives easier and more efficient, but you should always you should always give yourself a little extra time. But what if I if I'm if I'm it's the, like driving uh, to work. If I'm the computer guy in a heist <laughs> and I gotta well, I gotta hack into I gotta I gotta hack into the mainframe and then and then like reroute the cops to Friendster. <laughs> if you're if you're the computer guy in a heist and you've made the rookie mistake of not making sure everything's updated or refusing an update that's trying to push through during the heist, then I I don't know why we hired you. But I mean, you don't the, deserve your cut. The thing is, like, I, I I definitely would refuse the update. I wouldn't I wouldn't just like sit there with my dick in my hand while the fucking program is updating. But I like the fact that the matter is you have to you have to hit the deny button and. Look, when I open Microsoft Word, uh, I've already written three or four sentences, and the sentences just don't go in. My computer locks up, and then it's like, oh, there's some security risks that we addressed in this new bug fix, so you should download it. My, my other concern is that apparently you're trying to be the computer guy on a on a heist of some kind, and you're apparently running Windows. I, I'm pretty sure any any good computer heist guy is probably like using Debian or something. I'm I'm uh, I'm in a Ryan Reynolds movie, and so oh okay. So we're using, well, then you're not even using Windows. You're using some sort of like big stupid OS that has like big flashing notifications and huge um, time bars on it saying hack, right. hacking hacking you know fif- hacking fifteen percent or whatever. Yeah, it's just got like a black background with wireframe type <laughs> notification windows. It's the messiest user interface you've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> I missed you. I missed you too, pal. How you been? Uh, you know, I've been I've been okay. It, it's occurred to me that we have um, we this is our fifth podcast, and I have not I have no recollection of whether we've ever actually addressed each other by name, so people not might not know which one of us is which. I you know what that that had not occurred to me. And I don't want I don't want people thinking I don't want you to be uh, tarred by by my brush, if you will. I don't want people thinking, oh, that Adam, that Adam guy is so smart, but that pizza, pizza big jerk off. <laughs> so, so for the record, I, I'm Adam and, and he's Pete. I am Pete. I am indeed. That so is true. If, if you're ever, if anybody's ever confused about this, um, I don't know, refer them to episode five. I guess. That's, that's right. That is. Because we'll uh, probably never bring it up. Again. The subtitle of this episode is. Uh, in which our heroes are named. I'm the DJ. He's the rapper. That's right. I am. I am Funky Fresh Slizza. Maybe I'm the rapper. Oh, I don't know. Are you the rapper? I'm. I'm probably. I'm I, probably in the in the audience. I've got all the knobs. You see. So well, that, that does make you more like a DJ. It does. I've got knobs and sliders. And oh, and I have the Funky Fresh flow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Uh yeah. <laughs> so what are we what are we doing today? So Scott Pilgrim uh-huh. is directed by Edgar Wright, starring Michael Sarah, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Anna Kendrick, uh that Culkin kid, and uh which, Aubrey which Plaza. There's like fifteen Culkin. Allison Pill. Uh the one that acts. That isn't Macaulay. <laughs> I know which one it is. But seriously, there's like uh, there's at least three Culkins that act, buddy. Are there really? Uh, there's, there's, there's Macaulay, there's Kieran, and there's Rory. Oh. And maybe some of them, and maybe some more I forgot. I don't know which Culkin this is. I didn't know there's a Kieran and a Rory. I just, I, I had, my, my Culkin schema extended to two categories. There was the Macaulay and the not Macaulay, and I just, I, I understood the not Macaulay to be one human. It's cool. It's Kieran. 
Kieran's. Okay, it is Kieran. Okay. Yeah. Or I think. Um, mm. I think Rory is long, younger. Rory. He was in that uh, that Wes Craven movie. Well, Rory, no, well, Rory was in uh, Signs, I think. I'm pretty sure he's the one who's in Signs. There's they all movie. look like the same guy. There's a movie I haven't seen in a while. Anyway, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World right. is an Talk excellent. Never mind. Excellent game changing <sighs> film. No. Uh, it pushed the envelope of fictional reality, and I seriously enjoyed it. And for some reason, Adam Adam hates this movie. And I he, don't hate it. I he just... won't tell me why, because he's been waiting for this particular <laughs> podcast to lay it on me. So I'm very excited, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you should be. Um, here, here, here's what I, here's what we should do. Why don't you tell me why you why you like this movie, and then then I will I will exp- delineate my issues with it. I like this movie because. Uh, well, not only do I find its main character uh, not just sympathetic, but hauntingly similar to myself, insofar as I'm annoyed by him in the same ways that I annoy myself. Um, I, I, I like any story about true love and about personal development. But more than that, what I love the most about this movie is that it exists in a world that weird phenomena are constantly happening, but the characters... The characters are weirded out by the weird phenomena, but they don't think it's out of the ordinary. Um, case in point, Aubrey Plaza swearing in the second cup. When Whenever she says a bad word, she gets a, a black bar over her mouth and it makes a sound. And he goes, how are you doing with that your mouth, with your mouth? And she goes, never mind how I'm doing that with my mouth. <laughs> and it's it's happening in real life in this movie. But it's like being inside of a weird cartoony video game place and stuff like there's a location shot with uh, scott and wallace's apartment where they play the uh the seinfeld interlude mm. and scott goes into the house and there's applause and there's a laugh track for that whole scene until wallace turns it off i think he turns off the coffee maker and the laugh track stops mid laugh and it's oh it was just hilarious now you 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 saw the movie before you read the the comics, yes? That is true. I went to see it in the theater because I thought here's a movie with bright colors and witty scripting that I would like to see. And then I realized afterwards that it was in fact a comic book. Uh, and you walked out of Speed Racer, man. Well, that's a different podcast, but <laughs> that you're gonna have to do. We'll get to that. We will get to that, and then and it'll be like the opposite of this one. Yeah. Because then you'll be mad at the movie and I'll be like, what's your problem? I think this is a good good format is for each of us to pick <laughs> a movie that we know the other one doesn't like or, or won't like. <laughs> I think I don't think we need to do that every time, but I think it's a I think it's a good way to uh, uh, to make the podcast not us um, just like, you know, um, sucking Paul Thomas Anderson's dick for half an hour. <laughs> just sitting here being like, you know what? That Christopher Walken is uh, is just a really he's, good guy. He's special. He's a special, special man. <laughs> I, I didn't get a lot of sleep. I got way more sleep than I meant to. But oh. you're uh, you're dodging the question. I don't care oh, okay. how much sleep you got. Why do you hate this movie? Okay, I don't I don't hate it. I like <clears throat> I like pieces of it just fine. Um, I feel that um, as a as a whole, I have some overarching issues with it. Well, okay. Let me let me start by saying that I that I read the comics before the movie came out, and I really like the comics, except that I don't like the ending. Um, and I can get into that because the ending is more or less the same. The, the thing about the ending that I don't like is the same between both, even though the comic wasn't finished when they were making the movie. And I'm not. Sh- I think they and they more or less sort of made up their own ending, which turned out to be very similar to the one in the comic. But whatevs. Okay. Okay. So I am the worst possible person to go and see a film after I've read the source material because I am a, uh, a, a film student and be an English student. So right there, you, you might as well throw, throw your hands up in the air and go, Adam's never going to like my movie. There's throw your hands I, up in the air. Wave them like you just don't care. <laughs> uh, there's, <clears throat> I, th- I think the only adap- movie adaptations I've ever uh, really enjoyed that I can think of off the top of my head are ones where I had actually I actually hadn't read the book yet, and when I read it after, I was like, "Yeah, okay, no, that was a pretty good adaptation of that book," um, which uh, I think is basically just Fight Club and Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. But anyway, hmm. well, and the Naked Lunch, but that doesn't uh, that barely counts. Anywho, so. Uh, 
here's the thing is that the comics is like the com- the comic book is like a six volume like um you know uh manga sized trade like paperback type uh thing so there's there's a lot that has to be compressed to put that into a you know hour and fifty minute movie and i I understand the difficulty of that I respect that don't get me wrong, but that said okay so let's i don't even know where to start let's start let's start with Kim pine okay. Kim Pine is one of my favorite characters in the comic. Kim Pine is not well served by the movie. She is more or less a one-note character in the film. That's true. Just sort of sort of angry, freckled girl. Yep. Uh, she is, to my mind, almost the second main character of the comics. She gets she gets a lot of arc. She gets a lot of depth. Uh, a lot of a lot of I think what she brings to the comics got sort of. Uh, split among multiple characters in the movie, specifically Scott's sister, mm. sort of got to be the sympathetic female. Um, and I would have liked. I thought. I think the actor they picked for Kim was great, and I would have liked to have seen her have that arc. That said, it's it. You know, there's probably not room in the movie for. She it. is tremendous. Allison Pill is a magnificent actress. She's got a, a main role in the HBO series The Newsroom, which I love to death, and she is she's outstanding in that show. But uh, anyway, carry on. Okay. Uh, that said, um, the actor that they got to play Stephen Stills is um, perfectly cast and had exactly as much screen time as he needed. And I, I was was note perfect for the for the character. Uh, mm-hmm. That was that was great. Uh, I feel like Kieran Culkin maybe was miscast, but that might be my own problem because I can't look at him and not say, "Oh, look, there's Kieran Culkin." Uh, which made it hard for me to picture him as the roommate. You know, this is the first time I've seen this movie probably five times, and this is the uh, this is the first time where I yeah, paid attention to Wallace, uh, specifically the person playing Wallace. And I was like, "Is that a Culkin?" Okay. And then I, I looked at the credits after, and I was like, "Oh yeah, hey, it is." All right, I yeah, I I just kept seeing Culkin, Culkin, Culkin. That's that I, I'm not movie. I don't blame you for that. Scott Pilgrim versus the World. That's that's on me. He just Culkined all over the screen for you. <laughs> No, but it's hard when you have a very distinct um, concept of a character in your mind, and then that character is being played by a very distinctive actor who you don't who who just like doesn't because it's one thing if you get like an actor who you go oh of course they had to cast this guy as as this character like who else would you get I'm, I'm totally buying in on this but if you get someone who's in your mind at odds with the character that's mm-hmm. you know it's hard to get past that yeah understandable like you know when you got johnny depp as uh, uh hunter s thompson you can <laughs> go with that. you're like you're like johnny depp's in this movie i saw hunter s thompson i'm not you know i you can you can buy into that it's yeah. not he's not you know all over your face if you get um i don't know jim carrey as <sighs> Oh, like Jim Carrey in a series of, of unfortunate events. It's really hard to get past the Jim Carrey aspect of that and go, oh, that's just Count Olaf. Having not read the source material for that movie, uh, I've seen the movie and I've I've listened to Lemony Snicket play accordion on a few different Magnetic Fields albums. All right. But I, I've not read the actual book, so I have no idea how, how well Carrey did in his Count Olaf. It was okay, but he was still just really Jim Carrey. I mean... Yeah, it's... Okay, Jim Carrey and the Grinch, for God's sakes, is just Jim Carrey. I mean, oh, atrocious. I, oh, God. 90% of the time is just Jim Carrey. Oh, I hate that First, movie so much. Oh, a Michelle Gondry film. You yeah. should hate that movie. That movie's abominable. It's the worst. It, 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 it's, it's a holocaust. <laughs> it's exactly right. It's an abortion. Uh, it's the worst thing. Anyway, so back to Scott Pilgrim. Back to the things I have problems with. Yes, carry on. Okay, so here's one of the major things I have a problem with. This is one of the things that really bugs me about it. Um, I, I and I want to say again, I'm complaining a lot. I don't actually dislike the film. I think I watched when I watched it again. I felt like on average it was a it was an okay movie. It's it's I'm not going to really recommend it to people, but I don't hate it. I just I feel very neutral about it now. But it upset me a lot when I – well, not a lot. But it bothered me when I first saw it because it just – I felt like it could have been better. It's just that it would come on the screen at work or whatever or I would mention it in conversation and you'd go, <sighs> I have a lot of problems with it. Thing. <laughs> I mean I'm getting to those. Okay. Here's let's, – let's do this. <laughs> Hit me with your problems. All right. My overarching problem with the film is that 
the con well oh, i got a few problems man i i'm remembering them as i go um let's okay let's let since we're talking about about casting um i don't think michael Sarah is good scott pilgrim Ooh. you want you want to just go dwa feel free Ooh. yeah i don't think he's okay no 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 i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm going to I'm going to be more precise. I think he's half of a good Scott Pilgrim. Okay, who would have been a better Scott Pilgrim? God, I don't know. When they said they were making that movie, I'm like, who the hell are they going to cast? I don't even know. And then they picked Michael Sarah, and I'm like, Michael Sarah, I am willing to give you the benefit of the doubt, sir. Because I can see how I can see how that kind of makes sense. I can see I can see the aspects of what Michael Sarah does that that fit the character. So let me let me, let me elaborate. So. Scott Pilgrim in the comics. Scott Pilgrim has a couple of modes. Scott Pilgrim has sort of like um, doofy, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm kind of confused by everything mode, which Scott, which Michael Sarah is perfect for. Yep. No, no, no question. But see, Scott Pilgrim has this other like mode that he shifts into at a moment's notice where he's really, really excited like a small child about things. Mm-hmm. And Michael Sarah just really cannot pull off. I've never seen Michael Sarah pull off actual enthusiasm in anything he's ever done. And so that turns Scott Pilgrim to me into in the movie to a kind of a one note character instead of a character who's sort of hyper and like he's more of a child in the comics in, in a lot of ways because he's confused but he's really excitable. I suppose in the movie they've replaced a lot of that uh, childlike wonder and enthusiasm with whininess, and that's that's sort of my problem. And I could I could see that that would be a serious problem. I appreciate like I being that I did read the comic books after I saw the movie, uh, I. Appreciated the movie for what it was, but I was able to separate the comic book Scott Pilgrim from the movie Scott Pilgrim and and treat them as different entities in the same universe. And I think if I'd seen it first, I wouldn't have so many problems. But I'm again, I'm, I'm looking at it as an adaptation and God, I'm hard to please. Did you read the Harry Potter books? Oh, yeah. And you saw the movies, of course. I've seen I haven't seen the last two yet. Huh. OK, because uh, the movies are OK. They don't make me mad. The first, well, uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> the first, the first one's basically like, uh, like they they just took a bunch of scenes from the book and didn't try to really connect them very well. Yeah, it is like a two-hour trailer for a book. It really is. And the second one, I felt like had it, made it feel like an actual cohesive story. But this is fundamentally the problem that that the Harry Potter movies have had and always will have. Uh, I expect is that the unless you do a mini series and you film everything and God don't do that because there's there's a lot of filler in those books anyhow um, it's it's really hard to get all the stuff on the screen in a reasonable runtime and so you're ending up with like like <laughs> you end up with like the Half Blood Prince which is which is okay I mean it looks nice it's well acted it's not bad but. The Half-Blood Prince aspect of the book really doesn't turn up in the movie. And then right at the end, Snape's like, by the way, I was Half-Blood Prince. And you're like, you mean that guy we mentioned for like two minutes, like at the beginning of the film? Oh, gosh. So those movies are fine if you've already read the books and you really you know what they've left out and you can just enjoy what you get to see. But I think if you if if you never read the books and you just watched the movies, you'd feel like they were very choppy and a lot of stuff seemed like it was missing. Interesting. Okay. Continue with your pilgrim problems. All right. Um, so yeah, I feel like Michael Sarah is, is half miscast. Uh, the other problem I have is the well, uh, I keep thinking of more problems. Um, the timeline on the, in the in the film is very compressed compared to the timeline in the the comics because the comics take place over like I don't know six or seven months or something. Mm-hmm. Seasons change. You go through summer back into winter, um, which which creates this nice arc because the seasons change as the anyway. You know, it's it's reflects the changes in the character kind of thing. Everybody gets depressed and it's winter and la la la. But these are devices like that I don't think you can possibly hope to include in in an adaptation, especially of a comic book. A lot of people were upset with the Watchmen adaptation. That was terrible. Well, I didn't mind it so much because you can't, like, the scope of the Watchmen comic book is that it's, it's about society with superheroes in it. Yeah. You can't you so, can't fill up a movie with a society that has superheroes in it. You have to make a superhero movie about them dealing with society. You have to approach the issue from a completely opposite perspective. Oh, I agree. I, it's not that's not my problem with the Watchmen movie. <laughs> we podcast about all the problems I have with things. I, that's a right there. 
problem I have with the Watchmen movie is that the tone of the movie is completely and utterly at odds with the tone of the comic. Okay, well, that, that's a, that's, that'll, that's a different episode. Anyway, God. You're, you're not making me watch Watchmen again. I have to draw the line somewhere. Oh, okay. Fine. Zero trust. All right. Okay. I mean, at least I, I mean, I, there, there are things about Scott Pilgrim I enjoy. Um, I just don't want to watch Watchmen again. I've I, never been to a movie in my life before <laughs> or since Scott Pilgrim where the audience applauded at the end of the movie. Really? Huh. All because, right. like, everybody in the theater, I think it was opening night that I saw it, everybody in the theater had never seen a movie like that. They'd never seen a movie that takes, like, where most movies know that they exist in a fictional world, but they still try and stay within that fictional world and make it as realistic as possible to an extent. This movie just stomps all over that, and it exists in every fictional world. And nobody had ever seen a movie that behaves that way, and everybody loved it. And there was a heartfelt round of applause at the end, and it was amazing. And I can see that. Like, if you come into it cold, if you haven't read the comics, if you're not like me and you're watching, like, a lot of anime and reading a lot of comic books and stuff, then it's like, whoa, where did all this come from? And I I can watch and I can say I know exactly where this came from, and this is still visually very interesting, and they're doing a good job with it. But it doesn't blow my mind in the same way, because I do... I it. It doesn't feel like it feels like iterative rather than uh, revolutionary. I mm. Anyway, so um, I, I'll forgive the compressed timeline because I know it's a movie and everything. Here's the thing that bugs me, though, uh, is that and I'm pretty sure this is because of a budgetary special effects thing. Um, after like the first, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 minutes of the movie, everything happens like literally at night. It's like the movie, like they put the rest of the movie into a big black box and there's no na- like outside or natural light at all. And it, a lot of those, a lot of the the the, the stuff um, in the back half of the movie, um, in the comic, is happens during the day, hmm. and it gives it a whole different tone. It makes the movie very like, and I think it's so that the effects will pop better, and probably because they were using virtual sets, and I suspect it's way cheaper to do them like at night and not well, have the men or something. And but, they were filming in the wintertime in Toronto, so the sun sets at five thirty. Ah, whatever, but. I'm just saying is that the movie feels like for, – for a movie that, 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 that um, aesthetically uh, really wants to pop and have a lot of bright colors, um, it's sure a lot of bright colors on a very black background. Yeah, it's true. And I feel totally that it doesn't fit the spirit of what I like. This, I'm, here's my real problem with the movie is that um, – I'm going to just admit my real problem on a fundamental level is that they didn't make the movie uh, – they didn't make this film by pulling out the aspects of the comics that I really heart, if you will. Uh-huh. My hands. Because uh, I'm being all fanny now. Um, they, didn't, they didn't make a movie of the stuff that I like. They made a movie of other parts of the comic that I don't like as much. And I'm like, oh, but I wanted to see this stuff. Wah, wah, wah. That's my real problem. Yeah. Yep. I, I suspected they pull, it. Was... They didn't pull the threads that I would have pulled, man. <laughs> pull not the thread lest the sweater unravel. But... I don't, I don't know if anybody wants to see that movie, but I, except me. <laughs> I don't think anybody is ever going to be happy with an adaptation that they've read the source material first. Um, well, unless you hated the source material and they made something way better out of it. I tend to like adaptations a lot more than a lot of other people because I try my best to have absolutely no expectations except that they'll be vaguely respectable or respectable, respectful to the narrative which is fair and okay so here's <clears throat> here's my big problem this is actually not a problem specifically with the movie but also the source material is i don't i don't like the ending i don't i don't buy scott and ramona actually getting together okay i think that the end of the the comic because here's the thing is that while the the details of the last fight with gideon in the comic and in the movie are very different mm-hmm. uh they both end with 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 uh, scott and ramona going through a warp door together right so um, I don't know if, if Brian Lee O'Malley was like, you know, by the by, I know what the last scene's going to be. You know, I know I haven't written the rest of it, but you guys might want to know this. Or if it was just like logically that's what made sense to both, both creators. Whatever. I really think the movie should end with Scott and Ramona realizing that they have a lot of growing to do and that they're terrible for each other, but that they've learned something and they, can, they, they will go off and be better people. Hmm. Now I'm just being a jerk because I'm telling people how to end their shit. 
Yeah. <laughs> Which also here's uh, here's here's one of my other major problems uh, is that <laughs> I keep remembering them. I should have made a list. Uh, uh, what's the actress who played uh, Ramona? Uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Okay. Um, maybe in the in the movie where you're supposed to be in love with the guy, you could act like you could even slightly tolerate his presence in your life. Just for a minute. Because she really acts like she has a lot of contempt for him. I don't buy their relationship at all from her bi- basis. It just really seems like she doesn't like him that much. She likes him a lot. I don't see it. She She's always mean to him. That's because she's from New York. That doesn't make it okay. Um, and then gonna, she's in Toronto. Like I, that, That's how they behave, man. And I, and I say I'm going to be that guy and say in the comics she, really, she seems to like him quite a lot. Oh, okay. Compared to in the movie where she just sort of like doesn't really – like, just barely tolerates his presence at all. I think... I don't feel like they... I, I feel like they have literally, like, like 0.5 chemistry. Hmm. Not zero. There's a little bit. But, like, 0.5. Well, there's certainly more... Uh, the the baseline for no chemistry in any motion <laughs> picture I've ever seen is Audrey Tautu and Tom Hanks in The Da Vinci Code. I have thankfully never seen it. Oh, good God. And th- th- there's another adaptation for you where I really enjoyed the book and I was – when I went to see the movie, I didn't know near as much about movies as I do now and I was disappointed <laughs> with the adaptation. I I was mad at Ron Howard. I wouldn't watch his pictures for a long time after that because he didn't handle especially the ending the way I would have. And then I watched it again and I was like, wait a minute. No, this movie is awful from top to bottom. The acting is Realize shit. There's no chemistry. material. Forget the source material. The directing is crap. Jean Reno's performance is awful, and he never lets me down. Jean Reno? Aw. Tom Hanks, terrible. Uh, and I love him. Audrey Tattoo, who I also love, terrible. It's just a collection of three people in a situation that they are uncomfortable with and have <laughs> no idea how to handle. And the scripting reflects that. Ugh. What about Tom Hanks's hair? It's pretty terrible, too, isn't it? Yes, it is. I, I've, seen, I've seen pictures. He looks like John Travolta in 1998 from the eyebrows up. <laughs> oh, nobody should have to. Nobody should have to look like that. Never, never. It's it's horrendous. <laughs> anyway, I, I think I may have why. come to the end of my complaints about Scott Pilgrim. Uh, I do like I do like a lot of things about it. I don't get me wrong. Um, like the first like I don't know 10, 15 minutes are really good. It bothers me when they cast someone older than someone else to play someone younger than someone else. Scott's sister, played by Anna Kendrick, is supposed to be 18 and Scott's 22. Oh. Um, I did not... No, that did not... I did not get that. Now, Michael Sarah is 21, playing a 22-year-old person at the time of the filming of this movie. And Anna Kendrick was 23, playing an 18-year-old girl. All right. And I was like, what? How do you... What? Well, you know, I used to watch Power Rangers, and all, all those guys were like, you know, in their 30s playing 18-year-olds, so whatever. <laughs> I, I I got inoculated against that. I watched Power Rangers, <laughs> but I had no idea what was going on. Well, <laughs> yeah. Keep in mind that, that, that I, I stopped watching Power Rangers, and now I just watch the Japanese shows that they pull the Power Rangers footage from, which are way, way crazier. When you told me that that was a thing that they do... You yeah. might have to explain it again for our audience because it's okay. ridiculous, this this concept. I It blew my mind. I had no idea they did that. All right. Well, for anybody, for anyone who doesn't know, I'm such a jerk. Uh, for anyone who's, who doesn't know, and, uh, you know, you can look this up on Wikipedia if you think I'm lying. Uh, the Power Rangers franchise uh, is based on a much longer running series of uh, yearly TV, Japanese uh, children's TV shows. Uh, called uh, Sentai, which is a subset of Tokusatsu, which basically is um, dudes in suits running around and doing stuff. Uh, they're like sort of um, televised, uh, lower budget uh, versions of like Godzilla movies. Well, they're not versions, but the same general idea is there's that level of special effects going on. Anyhow, so back in the early 90s, uh, a company decided that what they would do is they would buy the rights to uh, the most recent uh, series of uh of sentai uh and that became the first series of power rangers and what they basically did was just take the uh the scenes where they're in robots and the scenes where they're uh in costumes so you can't see their faces and uh then insert uh american actors 
with their own completely different uh, plot lines and, and characters into it and uh, merged them together uh, because that way they didn't have to pay as much for special effects. I can't believe it that they didn't want to pay as much money for Well, it's, it's cheaper um, to do it that way. Totally well, shitty up. special effects. Uh, well, you know, it's context. But here's the thing. I don't think they had to pay a lot of money to get the rights to it in the first place. Uh, and that's why uh, that's that's why if you watch the uh, the older stuff, there's a real difference in the uh, film quality of the uh, action sequences versus the ones where you can actually see American actors. Oh, huh. Um, and I found that when I when I found it really off-putting the first couple times I saw I saw the show, and then I I sort of got into the the Japanese aspects of it and the sort of the the weird contortions they have to do narratively to try explain why they're fighting a pachinko monster in the U.S. Now you're. You were, what, 13? <laughs> no, no, no. I would have been high school. 20. I was like, well. If I, I was seven, and I was because I wasn't allowed to watch it before I was seven. I was between the ages of, I believe, roughly 18 to probably 24 or so when I was watch. I watched about six years worth of Power Rangers, I think. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. That's about... I, I watched... Uh, yeah, I watched it when I was seven and eight. Well... So I have, I have a vastly different engagement with it than you do. Well, you, you would, right? And I was partly watching it because it was weird, and then I got into it, and I really, like, you know, I... I like the Japanese aspects of it. That was that was the time of my life when I was starting to get into anime, where I'd just sort of thought anime was weird for a long time, and then uh-huh. insert my my third eye opened or whatever. Jesus. Yeah, and then uh, some uh, eight or nine years ago, because uh, of the internet, um, I found a site that was uh, doing uh, fan subtitles. Um, so basically. Uh, Recording the the show off of TV and subtitling it for people who don't speak Japanese, posting it online uh, of the uh, then current series, um, and I started watching that, and I was like, man, this stuff is even more amazing in Japanese because they do all sorts of weird ass shit that never made it, you know, never translated over. Huh. And so, uh, yeah, I've watched eight and a half at this point years worth of those it must have been six because i i was living in fort nelson british columbia and uh going to school and i had a a friend of me a pseudo friend named matthew gilbert actually no that guy was a dick here's what he pushed me into like snowbanks and stuff and was really mean to me and i'm pretty sure it was one of those things in hindsight where like he was gay for you no 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 uh, uh, maybe, maybe that's that's not where I was going with this. Um, I think the school intervened and had our mothers meet each other, and then they decided that this conflict could be resolved if we had a playdate. Oh. So I went over to his house, and uh, what's the name of that? He's like a he's like a, a a wolf with a blue face, but he's humanoid and he's wearing golden armor and he's got wings. Oh, Goldar. Yeah, that guy. Or Gryforzer in Japanese. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> You're upset that I know that, aren't you? I'm, I'm not it bothers with you. you. <laughs> it bothers me don't, fair amount. Don't question my life choices. I have another pony in my room since last we uh, talked about this, by the way. You saw the picture. The what? Yeah, I, got, I have a new pony. Oh, yeah, I did see the, the, the one I put. The, you favorited that picture, I think, possibly to use it against me. Ah, that's, that's correct. I knew it. Anyway. Excuse so me. yeah, I'm having uh, some Goldar. difficulty here. Just a second. <laughs> Should I busk? No, I'm working the slider because I'm coughing like a madman. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so he had a, a Goldar action figure, and he told me that it could fly. And I was like, no, okay. <laughs> Did he throw it at you? Is that what's happening here? No, no. He he oh. told me it could fly. It was just that it wasn't working right now. He had to get it fixed. <laughs> so he like flicked the switch, and the wings started to move. All right. And I was like, okay. He's like, yeah, so it flies. I'm like, I'm pretty sure because physics <laughs> that this isn't going to work. He's like, no, it totally does. And I was like, okay, fine. I'll come back and, and, and once you get it fixed and you can show me. And then I came back and he's like, oh, yeah, my dog broke it. And I'm like, you are full of shit. And then he went back to pushing me back into snowbanks and making fun of me. Nobody likes to be called on that sort of thing. I know. I think. 
You know what? I think that that kid probably just didn't have a lot of friends and had a lot of problems. And, and yeah, you know why I didn't have a lot of friends is because <laughs> he pushed people with his nose. Exactly. It's a cry for help, and he, you know, you almost, you almost managed to like get in there, get into that bubble, and 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 be friends with him. But you had to call him on his on his pathetic desire to have you think that he had a flying toy. Yeah, because it's pathetic. I don't want to have pathetic friends. Well, that's how you get pushed in snowbanks. Well, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm a jerk. I'll tell you what, I don't have any pathetic friends anymore, and I've not been pushed in a snowbank since, like, junior high. I'm so going to push you into a snowbank at the next opportunity. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> I don't know if I can. I, you, have a pretty, you have a pretty solid center of mass now. I think you'd probably I'd bounce off. Yes, I do. I, I'm very good at not getting pushed around anymore. <laughs> I was at the uh, Red Hot Chili not Peppers. Not but... <laughs> Sorry. I was at the... What did you say? I, I might have said you were a sumo. But then I said not size-wise, just in terms of, like, stability. Oh, okay. You're like, uh, uh, you're like the blob, also not in size, but nothing moves you. I'm the juggernaut, bitch. No, the... Uh, first of all, I hate that movie so much. And second of all, um, the juggernaut is unstoppable, not immovable. There's a difference. No, he's just got a great deal of inertia. Inertia counts when you're not moving, too. No, uh, nothing stops the juggernaut. Nothing moves the blob. There's, there's two, God, there's but two different things. If you can't stop the juggernaut, it would stand to reason that you can't commit no, him to You can't stop him the- once he gets going. You know how people often uh, defeat the juggernaut is really just by knocking him down. Well, well yeah. and taking off his psychic protection, uh, you know, head. Yeah, I just really want a sweet helmet, helmet as well. Some totality of their psychic force in the form of a psychic blade. Uh, 80s X-Men comics. <laughs> did you just... You <sighs> just got a half chub, didn't you? I did not get any kind of chub, even though I was thinking about Psylocke real brief. <laughs> Jesus. What was I even saying? Yeah, you were that of Red Hot Chili. Oh, I was at the Chili Peppers last night, and I think those kids are going to make it. But... <sighs> Um, I don't know. I think their best years are behind them. Oh, I, I definitely thought that in 2007 when Stadium Arcadium came out. But uh, this this new album has some has some pretty sweet tracks on it. Well, I have not actually heard any of their new tracks. So I'll I... tell you what. They're my parents' age, and they still rock. Except for I think he just got pretty mad at Klinghoffer because Klinghoffer was fucking up his pedals in the middle of this one song. And so he was missing a bunch of cues. And uh, so Kiedis waited until he was done singing, and then he just ran off the stage. Wow. And then just kind of stayed off and pouted until the end of the song. <laughs> That's pretty funny. It's like, uh, you ever see that Pixies uh, documentary? No, I have to see it. Yeah, there's a, there's a part where um, uh, Dave, the Dave Lovering, the drummer, uh-huh. Um, he's he, at this point in the in, in the tour. He's going through a lot of stuff. Like his dad's died, and he's on like I don't know a bunch of like prescription drugs or something. And they're trying to they're trying to um, start a song, and he's just doing like the opening riff like over and over. And I guess badly. I can't super tell because I'm not good at like rhythm and drumming. Uh-huh. But he just keeps going and going, and everybody like sort of stops and they're looking at him. And he like apologizes to the audience and says that there's like a problem with like the the sound quality or something, and they're gonna go away and come back when they fixed it up. And everybody's real mad at him. Oh yeah, because he was just like, yeah, not not doing super well. Having been in a few different bands, remember <laughs> what? I wanted I wanted to ask you if you're in the fastbacks, um, <laughs> even though I don't know who they are. I, yeah, I was in the fastbacks. I played, well, sure. I drums, played probably. lead washboard. No, drummers are a fucking pain in the ass to work with. <laughs> Some of my best friends in my life have been drummers. But, God, there's such drum... Like, there's not even... Like, you know, some guys are douchebags, and some guys are, like, really pretentious hipsters. And some guys are, like, frat guys, and some guys are, like, rig pigs. But drummers are just none of those. They're just drummers. There's a there's just a, a jagged animalness to them. Well, you know, when you have to get into the drummer mindset, it probably does things to you. It's like, you know, it's like you came back from Nam, I, I guess. I We played... I was in a band like, called... I, I went ba-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da for like three hours today. I can't, I can't take it anymore. <laughs> I, I was in a band called Dangerfill in the Crises. 
and we were going to play our second show at this dive bar in the on the West End called the Rendezvous. And I don't I'm pretty sure nobody was going to show up to it anyway. But like a half an hour before Zach and I, the bass player, and I were going to get there, uh, Zach's brother Nick, the drummer, calls Zach and says, I can't do it tonight. I can't do it. I'm sorry. I can't do it. And then just hangs up the phone. And we were like, what the hell was that about? You just canceled our show. And so we got to the venue. And uh, my girlfriend was there and her friend was there. And my cousin was there, and I was like, sorry, guys, let's hang out for a bit, but, you know, there's no show tonight. And I talked to the people at the bar, and they're like, oh, yeah, your opener's canceled, too, so (laughs) don't worry about it. And I was like, well, this is just great. But drummers are those kinds of people that they just, I mean, Nick is a great guy, and he was only, well, probably 17 at the time. He's, he's, He's matured a lot. Uh, I don't mean to sound like a jerk about him, but he's just like, when you're a drummer, that's the kind of thing that you do. And then people just have to friggin' deal with it. And you're like, what? Uh, how do, what? Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, I hear bad things about bass players. Bass players. Well, I've only worked with two, ba- I've only worked with two drummers, I guess. And two bass players, but my cousin Haley played bass in my first band and uh, my best friend Liam played drums and then they started going out and then they stopped going out but they were still friends no it was it was really cool of them oh, okay. actually and then Liam went crazy and I also went crazy and so we broke up um and then uh, my best friend in high school Zach was playing bass in another band so he and I started working together and then his brother is a drummer so we worked with him as well yeah, the closest I've ever been to being in a band is like playing rock band with like three other people. You should you should learn to be in a band. Um, hmm. I, I think you would be good at it. Well, I I disagree with you because I lack anything like a natural sense of rhythm. Yeah, and the ability to um, you, you've heard me try to sing. Yes. I mean, you know, I and 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 the days of the days of Seattle grunge are behind us, so I can no longer make a living not being able to sing either. Well, I, I definitely don't think you should sing. I mean, that's that's terrible because that's the only thing I want to do. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, no. When we play rock band, I always just like my wife and I used to play rock band quite a bit because uh-huh. uh, we both actually because we both enjoyed it. And what we ended up doing is at first, like I would do guitar and she would sing. Um, but I really wanted to sing too. So what we ended up doing is we just trade off singing now. Oh, okay. Because that's that really I really I don't want to play guitar that bad. Hmm. Uh, I don't want, or maybe I just don't want to play fake guitar that bad. Every so often I consider, well, what if I learn to play guitar? And I'm like, ah, that sounds like a lot of work, and I don't know that I want to do it very badly. Real guitar is so much fun. Yeah, but it's like super hard. I watched an anime about it. it looked hard. I'm I'm starting up two bands right now where I'm guitar and singing for one of them and Zach is on bass and we haven't got a drummer just yet and I'm playing bass in another one and I've I've played bass on stage once with an impromptu band that wasn't mine I was filling in but uh I don't know I'm I'm excited to be a bass player it's uh there's much less responsibility you don't have well, that's to. cool. Well, yeah, but isn't it? Isn't it a lot of like ding 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 ding? Not if you're good. Oh well, I here's the th- here, like. Please understand this about me is that I like music, but I do not understand music. <laughs> I like listening to it. I, I I know what I like, but I don't. I don't know how to quantify it in any reasonable way. Like I've got this weird mental shorthand that doesn't make sense to people. And like I'm like I like songs that kind of go wooey wooey wooey. Does that help? Like, like I like when they go up and down, kind of? Like, or make a circle? I like songs that make a circle. You got any of that? I, I understand. <laughs> you I, don't, I, probably. I think, no, I think I understand what you mean by, <laughs> by making a circle. The wooey-wooey I'm a little bit shaky on. It's like a kind of like a sine wave. Or or like songs where they like just sort of like curve up. Like they start they start quiet and by the end they're epic. Those are awesome. Yeah, like yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like Heroes it's by a, David Bowie. It's a crescendo. 
Yeah, like or, a real slow, like eight minute crescendo. Take a bow by Muse. Is a fantastic I'm not sure if I'm that. familiar with that Muse song. It's I don't the, know a lot by Muse. It's the opening track on Black Holes and Revelations. Well, I have never listened to an album by Muse. I've only heard them on the radio. You know what? You ought to. <sighs> I don't. I haven't liked their stuff that much when I've heard it. I'm sorry. I think that you should listen to Black Holes and Revelations from start to finish, and and just observe the narrative that's in there. Because it's I like, do like narrative. It, there, there's a narrative. It's like a, it's like a year zero type undertaking. I do like year zero, and also outside. Yeah, I like outside a lot. You should, uh, you should check it out. I'll, I'll consider it. <laughs> it's episode five. Let's, uh, let's call it. We're going to talk about movies that we largely disagree on, for the most part. Yeah, and. Uh, and and we'll we'll and then wish we were entertaining and wish we were entertaining and if we wish hard enough, maybe the wishing will become entertaining in and of itself. Well, I think I think uh, us no longer working together and uh, blowing our immaterial. That's uh, true. Actually, in the same place is going to help a lot. All the funny shit happened in that cubicle aisle. <sighs> and then, I'm like, well, should I bring it up again? Probably not. I'm a very spontaneous person, though. Uh huh. I'm trying to make a list of stuff that we can talk about, like if we if we if we get into the episode fours again. Oh God! Yeah, nobody wants that. That was <laughs> that was not compelling. That was not compelling radio. No, it was not. It was just kind of just two guys going like, "Well, so <laughs> so what's going on?" Uh, that time we just kept saying dwarves for like five minutes was way better. I thought so. Yeah, the dwarves <laughs> bit was good. It's, episode, it's dwarves. Episode five. Retrospective dwarves, for Christ's sake! Ah, so now we've now we've got a thing. Now we've got a thing. Dwarves. Isn't that cute? It's awesome. I'm so happy. Uh here's a thing that mm-hmm. I was on the train with my brother and his friend Megan going to the uh, the Chili Peppers concert. All right. And uh, these two girls got on the train and sat down next to me. And took out their phones and they started texting. And then one of them says to the other, Hey, do you want to see my dissected squid? <laughs> now, we're sitting in like the priority seating on the LRT, which is like, if if you don't live in Edmonton, then... How are you getting a hold of this podcast? And how are you? Get, yeah, because you—they're you, sneaking into your house and stealing it. The benches. At this point, the benches are on the, the sides of the train, facing the inside of the train. Um, well, those your, are priority. With you your figure? back to the window. Yeah, they've got the picture of the. Oh, okay. Yeah. They've got like a the silhouette of the pregnant lady, and then the guy with the cane okay. with the Billy Gibbons beard. It's like Man, priority I have, seating for people with walkers, wheelchairs. I've stopped looking at that stuff like years ago. Pregnancy and Billy Gibbons from ZZ Top. You know, I feel like priority seating, they should get the nice seats that face in the direction of travel. You, you would think, but I guess they like sitting sideways. Anyway, Ben and Megan are sitting on the other side of the train from me, and they can't really hear what I'm saying unless I'm like straight up yelling at them. And so this girl sitting next to me says, hey, you want to see my dissected squid? And so I look at them with a look of great concern, and Megan and Ben notice and start laughing. But they didn't hear the dissected squid line. Ah. And so the girl pulls out her phone and pulls up a picture of this awful-looking white translucent squid. It's been split down the middle of its giant gut-filled head, and it's just splayed open. And they just look at it for a few minutes. And then they put their phones away and start gossiping about, I don't know, boys or whatever. <laughs> so I'm looking at Megan, and I'm like, I'm mouthing the words, these bitches are fucking crazy. I, you know what? I think they were probably just bio majors. Dissected squid. And they're like, what the fuck? So I take my phone out and I text Ben. They looked at a picture of a dissected squid. <laughs> so that I don't. You know, offend these girls who maim and kill squids for fun. What are they going to do for me? Can I say that? I mean, I'll, I'll do deference. I think you, I think you may have um, misinterpreted the situation a little bit. People should not dissect squids, and if you what, do, how are you going to learn about what's inside a squid? If you do, look, squids should be left alone. Squids are <laughs> the most terrifying thing 
Oh God, you're scared of squids, aren't you? In the natural world, I don't like them. I like eating them. Are, are they are they the clowns of the sea? Yes. Uh-huh. Yes, they are. That's why I like eating them. Is because <laughs> there are less. So if I hear about a series of cannibal clown murders, I should look in your general direction. I will not eat a human being because you get prion disease. But I Fair will enough. eat a squid because they don't give you prion disease. But you can get like the the squid gum impregnation thing. Oh yeah, you told me. I told about you that. about that. Oh god. <laughs> now now it's even worse. Now I don't like squid anymore. I'm sorry. That's well, you know, see, here, here's the thing. You can eat squid in this country with, with absolute safety because they, they don't feed you that part. Okay. You're, so you're what cool. Is it, what is it? They, remind me again. They, they keep an egg sac in their beaks? Ah, uh, it's not. It's like, yeah, it's not in their beaks. But there's anyway, that's part of the squid that normally um, in, uh, in, in North American culture we do not, we do not eat. But in, uh, I guess, Asian cultures, they, they give you the whole squid. Possibly, possibly while it's still alive. There, I know that's a thing. They they drink liquor out of a, uh, uh, there's like a giant tube that has a, a living squid in it. Did not know about that. Yeah, and it's got Here. like taps on it, and you pour the squid water into your hooch. <laughs> All right, it's fucked huh. up. I, I I know about the the thing where uh, where you like uh, take a. This is like a. Like an Inuit thing or whatever, where you take a seal and you stuff like a like a bird in it, and then you bury it for a long time, um, so that it ferments, and then you you open up the seal and, and eat what's in there. Yeah, yeah, I can't so, remember the word for that, but I've heard of that. Yeah, well, I mean, it's uh, it's there, there's a reason for that is that you get certain um, certain nutrients from doing that that you can't get else uh, otherwise because of you know they're not present in your environment. It's a it's actually really cool from an anthropological point. Yeah, Inuit and Dene are all about burying stuff for a yeah. while and then eating it that's how you make pemmican there's a uh, there's a lot of cultures that are not um the one that i was born into that um eat foods where you like put them in something and bury them for a while until they get super gross and then you eat them afterwards yeah but pemmican like is kimchi. delicious uh, kimchi uh... or natto you know about natto no what's that all right so it's a japanese thing you take soybeans I'm going to describe I'm going to, I'm not going to describe this perfectly but you take soybeans regular soybeans and you basically like wrap them in some old carpet and you stick them under your porch for like a couple months and then when you bring them, take them back out they've fermented and they're covered in this like sticky slime like snotty substance that's and horrendous. Then you, then you put put them on rice and have them with your breakfast uh, I've had it it's 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 legitimately disgusting I don't I, I do not think that when you mass produce it you probably stick it in carpet and put it under somebody's porch but that's that's basically how it how it happens. Uh, it's pretty upsetting. Yeah. The worst part is, I've had it. I did not like it. I got I got some frozen from the uh, Asian superstore. Uh-huh. Uh I did not like it. I could not finish it. Every time I go there and I walk past it, there's this part of my brain is like, maybe you didn't give it enough of a chance. Maybe you'd like to try it again. And I'm like, maybe I would. No. No, no. It's Don't. insidious. It's uh I'm like I'm like I can see how I could I can see how under the correct circumstances I would grow to 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 not only like tolerate but maybe enjoy the substance. If if I just like forced myself to have it enough, I would I would adapt. That's not you know Or I need some kind of specific nutrients that are in it that I'm not getting. I don't I really like anchovies and I really like capers, and both of those things were acquired tastes. The first time I had them I did not like them. But this is head and shoulders above. This is a, this is a taste that I would never want to acquire. I would not want to undergo the process of acquiring the taste, and I would not be want to. I, I wouldn't want to be a person like li- literally old socks. Uh, I I wouldn't want to be uh, speaking through a microphone that currently has an old sock wrapped around it, and not minding it that much. I think it must be worse than that. Oh well, and it's not just an old sock, but you know, it's an old sock that somebody's worn for a while and, and has laundered. It's got like cheese in there. I don't know about cheese, but I mean, you know how old socks smell when you've been wearing them for a while? Yeah. Yeah, that's what this tastes like. Yeah. yeah. You know, when you see a cartoon and there's a guy with like a stinky sock with stink lines on it and you imagine how that probably smells, that's that's more or less what it is. Yeah. I know. And the part of my brain's like, well, I'll give it another try. And I'm like, I, points for like, you know, not being, you know, um, afraid to try things that you hated a second time, but I'm going to overrule you, brain. Yeah. Like, there is something to be said for, of course, being culturally open, but 
Well, that, that's just a, a food process that I would not want to partake in. But, you know, a, a person is curious and, and wants to experience things a minimum of one time. Yeah, that's that's true. That's understandable. I mean, I you know, I only like olives intermittently. I like olives a lot. I, I do. I do at first. I like, you know, a few olives and then I'm like, man, why am I eating olives? You know what I don't like is, is just eating olives. I like olives on okay. stuff like in sandwiches. And oh, that's fine. In loaves and on uh, on pizza. But sometimes I really just want like one olive that's like drenched in olive juice from a bottle hmm. or like a couple. And then I'm like, OK, no, I remember why I normally don't do this. I'm good. Yeah. But I have to keep reminding myself because it's very attractive. One time I ate an entire jar of classic pickles. Oh. And it was so good. I do not like pickles. And then when I finished the last pickle, I just had this giant jar of pickle juice. <laughs> Did you drink it? No, I didn't drink it, but I just wanted more pickles. <laughs> Did you put some hard-boiled eggs in it for later? Oh, Christ, no. Pickled eggs are the worst. <laughs> oh. Oh, God. I in general, I can I can honestly say that the pickling process does does not do a lot for me. I like deviled eggs. Oh sure. I like hard boiled eggs, regular type. I like poached eggs. I do not like scrambled eggs. What? What? How? That doesn't make sense. And I definitely do not like pickled eggs. What? <clears throat> what is it about scrambled eggs that you don't like? I don't. I don't know. I think texture? it's the texture. Huh. I think it must. Because be I mean, they're still they're just eggs. I don't. I've had scrambled like eggs. eggs. I've had scrambled eggs at uh, buffets where there's a great deal of uh, both margarine and cheddar oh, cheese involved, and I've enjoyed that. Ter- well, all right. But it's bad yeah. for you. Well, yeah. I I make scrambled eggs by taking some eggs and, like, scrambling them in some butter and then putting, like, you know, some oregano and stuff in them. Oh, that might be nice. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, bad scrambled eggs, sure, but bad anything. Yeah. I just... I, I can't understand inherently why you why why scrambled eggs as such, but th- I mean, then again, I like sausage, but not ham. So what the fuck do I know? Mm-hmm. I had a sausage sandwich hmm. in in England, and it was really good. But it was like <laughs> I'd never had that kind of sausage before. It was like it was like it tasted like a breakfast sausage, but it was huge. <laughs> that sounds that sounds like something you would eat in England, all right, or yeah. probably Germany. Yeah, exactly. Well, no, German sausage is, is closer to our, like, uh, our Smokies. Okay. How, how, how is the food, food in London? Uh, you know, it's pretty good. There's a lot of Italian food, which is really nice. Um, and then outside of that, I basically just ate pub food hmm. and uh, subsidized my diet with beer. <laughs> All right. But uh, I had, yeah, I had a lot of fish and chips. Everything comes with peas. I had a lot of Ash fish and chips. or just like regular peas? Uh, both. You you, you oh. can pick. <laughs> All right. Uh, scampi is delicious, and it's it's a dish underused here. Hmm. You know what scampi is? <sighs> um, I should, but I don't. A scampi is a Norwegian shrimp, which looks more like a crayfish. Oh. And it's, when you get scampi... Like, breaded scampi is what I ate, and it's like, it looks like Chicken McNuggets, but smaller, and it's just a bunch of tiny little gooey lobster tails, breaded, and you dip in tartar sauce, and it's amazing. See, this is why I don't know. It's because I'm allergic to, to, to all sea life. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, huh. it's a world that I will, until science fixes uh, fixes me, will never uh, comprehend. Interesting. Holding out hope that science will fix my uh, my stupid allergy problems. I had a lot of Italian-style pizzas, which were delicious, <laughs> particularly a Four Seasons pizza, which has um, artichoke, pancetta, capers, and brie. Hmm. It was magnificent. Hmm. Yep. This doesn't sound like something I want, but I, I, food and I have a have 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 a have an off relationship. I'm real I'm real fussy. You you got a, a love hate relationship with the food. Well, here's the thing is that I can't I can't eat fish and I don't really like cheese very much, so there's a and whoa, I, I don't whoa, like whoa. I don't like spicy foods and or cumin, so there's a lot of there's a lot of things right there that I'm just like crossing off. 
Okay, I can understand not liking fish, even though I love fish. Well, it's not that I don't oh, like it. Oh, you're allergic to it, that's right. I will die if I eat it, so, I mean, I guess I don't like it for that reason. I can understand not liking spicy food or cumin, <laughs> but cheese, sir. I don't really like cheese very much. How in the hell? I like some cheese. Okay. I mean, in context. I love every cheese. Just so much. That's fine. I'm I'm happy for you. Uh, now, enjoy, I'm, I'm thinking and, and about cheese. Go go forth and, and enjoy the many cheeses that 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 you may partake of. Just don't expect to get my enthusiasm. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I'm just saying I don't like it. I don't have a problem with other people liking stuff. I'm not like you know going into like cheeseries and slapping it out of people's hands. The war on cheese. What? <laughs> Just showing up with like a blowtorch and trying to flambe everything, and everyone's like, "Oh, this flambe cheese is extra delicious." I'm like, "No." Just like I can't put myself on the mindset of somebody who thinks that George Canyon is better than Johnny Cash, I can't put myself on the mindset of somebody who doesn't like cheese. <laughs> That's okay. I, I I can't put myself in the in the mindset of people who don't like. Well, I try actually, but anyway, I I, I like some I like some stuff that people. I can honestly understand why people don't like. Like what? Like milk candies? <sighs> what? No, that those milk candies were terrible. They were. I'm sorry about that. Oh, I I threw those out. Yeah, oh God. No, but uh, there's there's stuff I like that's not for everybody. Like you know, Japanese children's TV shows about people in spandex. That's true. But I could. I mean, I, if, if I, I could do a whole podcast about that if I wanted to. <laughs> I I literally mentally was like, oh god, don't no 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 don't don't start telling him fun facts about Sentai. Just just stop. Just stop. Real, fuck out of this thing. <laughs> <laughs> can I can I can I just give you one example here? Is that I was watching a show from 1991. It was the the series that was in Japan before the first series that they turned into Power Rangers, the one with the dinosaurs. Okay. Uh, and and the plot of this episode was two of the uh, two of the characters were were on a bus. Uh, they were taking a bus up to one, uh, out into the country to see uh, the one guy's farm. Uh, and the rest of the the rest of the uh, the team couldn't go with them because it was a holiday week. Uh, I would like to point out that only one of them's actually in high school, so I'm not sure how that made sense. But anyway, they're on a bus, and people start turning into it's like a murder mystery because people start turning into like. Uh, clothes filled with foam, like they just turn into foam and disappear. Okay. Disgusting. Uh, and they were trying to figure out who the murderer was. Do, do you know who the murderer was? I will tell you. The murderer was the bus. The bus itself was actually a monster that was killing people. Of course. Okay. It was, and then, and then when they figured that out, they had to fight it. It was pretty, it was pretty amazing. That's fantastic. The, 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 the way the monsters on this particular season work is that they're, they're regular things that get infected by these, these uh, big bugs and turned into monsters. And let me tell you, that some sounds of the, like Scientology a little bit, some of the stuff on this show, I can only assume that the children who are of an age to watch this um, are seriously fucked up now. <laughs> Cause I'm like, are you kidding me? This is like grade a nightmare fuel. Like, Oh God. Like, like why not make your, your kids think that anything, any inanimate object could potentially turn into some sort of hideous, relatively cheaply constructed um, possibly betentacled monster <laughs> like i hate tentacles <laughs> there's this one monster <laughs> i'm pretty sure like um i think i think it um stole people's voices or something but it was literally just all made all of mouths its legs were just a bunch of mouths its arms were a bunch of it was yeah how the fuck does that even work it <laughs> not super well <laughs> i mean they were like Glommed together in a general leg shape. I mean, it's keep in mind it's a rubber suit, right? So, but anyway, uh, I'm so, gonna have. I had a nightmare the other night where I shot a whole bunch of people in the head with a shotgun. They were bad people, and I was well, defending myself. Nightmare then? Well, yeah, because I felt very bad afterward. Oh, okay. But I think you'd made the right choice. Oh, I definitely did, and I'd make it again if it happened in reality. It was a very rational dream, and it seemed really real, but. Uh, now I'm going to come across a mouth monster, and uh, when I wake up in a cold sweat, I'm going to uh, I'm going to telephone me. you. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm just, I got I I got iOS six. I got Do Not Disturb. You're not on my list. I'm I'm just gonna 
I'm just gonna make a noise at you. <laughs> you can leave me a voicemail. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave you the most annoying voicemail <laughs> that anyone has ever heard. <laughs> I'm not sure exactly the content yet. I'm gonna have to work long and hard to find out how to make this the most annoying voicemail. But it will be. There's, you know, there's nothing saying that you're for sure gonna dream about a monster that's on the mouse. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm relatively certain. Here's what I'm gonna do. The only way I can see to fix this is that I'll take a picture of this monster and send it to you. No, you fucking bastard. <laughs> there, when I come across certain things in my day that that are just a special variety of fucked up, I can usually point at them and say, "Yep, that one's gonna come back to haunt me either tonight or tomorrow." And that's why I like watching horror movies, is because none of that shit ever shows up in my dreams. But sometimes, when I'm not prepared for it, somebody will say something like, a monster made entirely of mouths. And it'll look, in my mind, and I don't even want you to send me a picture of it, because I don't want to know what it actually... The real one is actually not anywhere near as bad as what you're probably thinking about. I'm picturing, like, just a, like the mouth from the beginning of Rocky Horror... And, oh. and then a whole bunch of, like, Rolling Stones logos all stuck together and, and mawing at each other. Mouths <sighs> are closed, but, I mean, you're not, you're not that far off. Yeah. Jesus Christ. They kind of, they from a distance, don't really look like much. But then I realized as I was watching, I'm like, holy shit, he's entirely made of mouths. I'm like, well, that, that probably didn't help anybody get over their childhood and become a reasonable adult. It's like that Windows 8 commercial that has, what's her name, Lena? Lanka? Uh, Lanka, that's who it is. Okay. What the hell? Or she's like, I don't know, as silly as fun, that song. She's got eyeballs drawn on her hands and she does a stupid dance inside of an MC Escher painting. Right. Have you seen that commercial? No. Can I, can I tell you that I don't interface with like uh, mainstream culture very much anymore? Oh, well, it scares my dad. <laughs> when right. he watches it, he's like, what the hell is this shit? <laughs> <laughs> It's pretty great. I imagine if I, like, looked up and saw it on the TV, I would have a very similar reaction. Yeah. That, that's usually how I feel when I when I see... Uh, it's scenes from her music video intercut with screenshots from Windows 8, which is nightmarish enough in its own. Well, yeah. <laughs> and then she's just like, I don't know, she's wearing some bodysuit that has all these angular drawings on it, and she's got eyeballs drawn on her hands, and she's got two backup dancers, and they're doing this stupid dance and singing about stuff is this some like post lady gaga thing yeah it's like if lady yeah. gogsta gogsta it's gogsta i don't even know spell <laughs> street yeah that's right gogsta gogsta <laughs> style <laughs> she if 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 lady gaga was born in soviet russia and moved to new york at an early age and rather than becoming like a, a glam pop star just became like this weird like handcrafted hipster artist hmm that's that's who you're looking at hmm all right well thank god i'm not familiar with any of this yeah i'm gonna sleep like a baby you live in a lucky <laughs> i live in a real real hermetic bubble that is only permeable by certain things like and ponies? other things bounce right the hell off yeah like ponies like ponies, ponies permeate it fine they get they, they they walk right in. <laughs> They're just like bloop bloop, and then like I don't know, but this 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 eyeball on the hand lady like like tries to walk in. She like bounces right off. She's like boing. It makes it makes the sound the in in uh, in Sonic Two <laughs> when you get when you get the energy shield and it goes wong. That's that's the sound <laughs> it makes when Lenka bounces off your hermetic bubble of culture. Well, bounces off of it and then sails off beyond the horizon. Looks like Lanka's blasting off again. Well, there you go. You've seen some anime. <laughs>